When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lowe's Spring Fest is here. We've got $10 off gallon cans or $40 off five-gallon pails on select interior and exterior paint, stains, and coatings. And appliance special values plus free local delivery on appliances $3.96 or more in-store and online. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. Offers valid through 414. Actual paint sizes are 116 to 640 fluid ounces. Exclusions apply. See Lowe's.com slash rebates for rebate terms and conditions. For appliances, restrictions and additional fees may apply. See Lowe's.com or store for details. U.S. only. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, real lifers. Welcome to episode 134. Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to say to all of my Asian listeners and to my Asian friends, brothers, sisters, neighbors, everyone, I see you, I hear you, and I love you. And I stand firmly against Asian hate. And I am so sorry for everything that has transpired this past week, this past year, for some time now. And I think it's really important that as a community, we all call out um, anti-Asian racism and anti-Asian hate when we see it. All right. Well, this week has been a lot. Um, I shared with some of you on my Instagram stories that my cycle that I was trying to go through for egg freezing was canceled because my body was not responding well. So that was really disappointing. Um, but I found a lot of joy this week in, in housewives and realized that, you know, no matter what goes on in our lives, it's so wonderful that we have these shows that we love that we can turn to to take our mind off things and that we can connect with each other over these shows. And my guest this week, Samaj Bloodson and I, you know, have a lot of different takes, um, especially on Jersey. I'm a big fan of Jackie and, and he's a big tree hugger, loves Teresa. And we have this such a fun conversation and we're able to disagree. We're able to find common ground. We just have a good time. And I think it's so important to do that and not to let the differences that we have in opinions around Bravo make us, I don't know, act crazy. I <laughs> Let me know if you guys have been feeling this. But I've noticed, you know, it's been now a year of COVID. People have been stuck inside their homes. People are stressed financially. People have lost jobs. And we've lost loved ones. And it's been a year of a lot of pain. And I've noticed that a lot of this pain seems to be coming out including on social media. 
and the vitriol that people are using to discuss any issue is is so intense and so combative and it seeped its way into the housewives world online. Now, us housewives fans have a lot of opinions and we like to make them heard. And I know housewives Twitter and housewives Instagram has always had a ton of opinions and a lot of fighting and bickering, but I feel like it's gotten even more intense. Like is it just me? And all I'm asking, and for myself included, that maybe we all take a deep breath and a step back and ask ourselves, is it really worth typing what I'm typing, saying what I'm saying, and what would it mean for someone to read it, including the housewives themselves? I mean, I know I've definitely been tough on Brandy Redmond this season on The Real Housewives of Dallas. I do not like how she has been treating Dr. Tiffany Moon at all. And I think she has a lot of lessons she needs to learn. At the same time, this week, there was footage of her husband kissing another woman in a club. And, you know, we don't know how long ago that was, but presumably sometime while they were married. And she just had a baby. And there's just this awful rumor going around about her adoptive child. And I can't imagine what it must be like for her to see some of that hate online, especially knowing that she sought mental health treatment for some of the, um, you know, comments and hate that she was getting as a result of her racist video. So... I think that a lot of the behavior that these wives have and that housewives have definitely needs to be corrected and people need to make changes. I just don't think that um, being mean to them online is going to solve these issues. And so I'm trying to be more thoughtful and intentional of how I engage. And today I have an amazing guest, um, Samaj, and we have a lovely conversation and so much fun. And, you know, let's bring the fun back to Housewives. All right. All right. Well, have to tell you guys my thoughts on Summer House this week because I absolutely love this show. I relate so much to these people. <laughs> I don't know if it's because they're stuck inside a house trying to get work done, trying to navigate their friendships, their lives. It's just, it's it's glorious. And I've been watching the show differently ever since Jamie Stein came on this podcast and explained to me why he believes Hannah is the true villain of Summer House. And I really obviously see it now, and I think a lot of the viewers are seeing it now. But there's just a lot of shady things that she's been doing. You know, her behavior is just very off. And the whole timeline of what's going on with Luke, and then she has Des, it just doesn't line up. And she was on Watch What Happens Live this week, and it came out that she doesn't let her fiancé Des watch the show. So he hasn't seen her on this show, and he hasn't seen how she's been engaging with Luke on the show. And she also mentioned that Luke is blocked on her phone. And all of it just doesn't make sense to go from, you know, how she was so close with him and then so angry with him and then completely blocking him. It doesn't really make sense in my head, but maybe there's more to it. Maybe she was really upset when, you know, she talked to Ciara and found out that last summer while her and Luke were getting close, he was also flirting with Sierra and calling her and talking to her. And so maybe she feels betrayed by that. Or maybe now that she's in this like seemingly healthy relationship, she wants to close the door on any 
you know, prior relationships or whatever it was with Luke. But watching her and Kyle fight was just like mind blowing because nothing she was saying made sense. I mean, is anyone that's listening to me empathizing with Hannah? Does anyone feel like they understand where Hannah's coming from? Because I'm having such a hard time with it. I just don't get what's going on in her head. And then to (laughs) throw out this like Instagram psychic who told her that Lindsay and Luke slept together just to cause drama. Like maybe she's just doing her job. That's probably what's going on. But my goodness, it's so ridiculous. (laughs) Also, Luke and Lindsay are both naturally just very flirtatious people. And they can have a friendship and be slightly flirty and it not mean anything. So we'll see where that goes. I'm also so excited that Carl tested negative for COVID and can leave his room in the house. I really appreciated the COVID protocols that this cast has had. They've really done an incredible job. And anytime someone comes to the door to deliver food or deliver flowers, they always have a mask on or in one case from Paige, toilet paper. (laughs) Um, And then the final thing I'll say is I very much relate to to Lindsay Hubbard this season. You know, she's in this relationship and she finally ended it this week. And she's saying how scary it is to be single and 34. And it really is. Um, It's a terrifying thing to know that you want to have a partner and know you want to have a family. And maybe that window is closing and you're not sure if you're going to choose the right person or how it's going to turn out. And I feel like, I don't know, I have a lot of empathy for Lindsay this season. And I really want to see her meet someone that totally vibes with her and understands this whole dynamic. I also am kind of holding out a little bit of hope for her and Carl to become an item. Am I the only one? Please let me know. All right, guys, about time to get to my chat with Samaj. But Just as a reminder, be sure to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse at Mandy Slutsker. And if you enjoy this podcast, give it a five-star rating and leave a nice note. I always appreciate it. I love hearing from all of you. So if you've never DM'd me, now is a good week to start. I really could use some positive feedback in my life. All right. Without further ado, here is my chat with Samaj. Hope you guys have a lot of laughs. Take care. Hi, everyone. I am here with Samaj Bloodson, who I think listens to more Bravo podcasts than any other person I know. He is the most resourceful. He listens to everyone. He knows everyone's take on everything. You heard it here first. I'm here with Samaj. How are you doing? What's up? Is this real lifers? Hi, Mandy. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. I know everyone says, oh, thank you so much for having me on. But no, really, thank you for having me on. Because not only do I think you're one of the smartest podcasters, you really do bring on everybody. You give everyone a chance to say their piece. And you have like one of like the most calming, most relaxing voices. So it really is when I say it's a nice break from the other stuff I listen to. It's, it's a break. It's a true break. And I love my breaks. Oh, thank you. A lot of people have been talking about my voice and it's made me a little bit self-conscious. Like, do people fall asleep listening to it? Like <laughs> That's a compliment. That means they're so relaxed, they feel so safe with you that they can go to sleep. Aww. Compliment. But then they're not listening, really. 
but you're still getting to plays. We're not going to turn our phone off. So, you know, it all works out. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Well, I just wanted to talk to you about some late breaking news that I got on my phone very Do recently. Tell. Scott and Tinsley have apparently ended their engagement and it was done by Scott and she was blindsided and he made all he's the one who's quoted in the People article. Not the coupon king. You know what? First of all, really quickly, I'm going to tell you something. Y'all going to stop playing with my Tinsley. Leave Tinsley alone. If you don't want the girl, leave her alone. I had my heart broken as a viewer watching her sit there in a big apple circus in that big poofy dress, drunk as a skunk, tears rolling down her face. She said she was miserable. I'm miserable. And I believe it. <laughs> And you guys are not, you're not doing this to her again, okay? Strawberry and short can't take it. Dale, Dale, Dale can't take it. Leave Tinsley. If you don't want her, leave Tinsley alone. You know what? I completely agree. I've never trusted Scott since he tried to force her to leave the show. And anyone that's your true partner in life wants you to do what makes you happy and is willing to compromise. And he just wasn't. So controlling the entire way through. And yeah, like, uh, not for nothing. I could see, like, you know, if Tenzi was, like, you know, maybe, like, you know, hanging out with, like, the doorman too much or, you know, uh, playing basketball <laughs> with the inner city kids, with a, sport we, which, a sport we know she has no clue how to play. Or, you know, like, you know, saying, you know, I'm going to take up skydiving. I'm going to skydiving every day for a week. Uh, she was at work. She was working. She was making money. Money that she would not have to vent actually for a bar from you later. Like, she was, she was being productive. So the fact that you want to take away from that, drama and all included, like, that should have told 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 them right there. I was like, "Why is he trying to take me away from my check?" But you know what? She was in love, and I, I supported that. But was I wrong? As I usually am. But I don't know. I also was just like, if she wanted to get married so bad, why wouldn't they be married by now? They got engaged in November 2019. They could do a quick ceremony, go to city hall. They don't need to have a ton of guests unless she cares a lot about the big poofy wedding dress, which. Right probably the reason that she Allegedly. hasn't gotten married yet. Um, so I see that. But if she really wants to start a family, you know, wouldn't you guys try and start? I don't know. It's um, it's sad. Again, I, I feel like this is the last thing Tinsley really needed. Um, and you're right. She probably did want, you know, a larger wedding, but she was being responsible, unlike Cynthia. And I'm glad you said, right, she was engaged 2019 before COVID was even a thing. So the fact that, yeah, nothing happened. They had the rest of 2019 even if they really want to have the beginning of 2020 to like, you know, say, hey, we set a date, nothing of the sort. So I just, I just feel bad for the girl. I really do. I want her to win. I want success too. for Tinsley. I want success for her. I kind of want her to come back. I love the dynamic between her and Leah. I think she's outgrown this now. I think she can do different things, not better things. Let's just say different things. I think Tinsley needs a format where it's maybe just Tinsley. I don't think I want her in a group setting. I'm not sure I can watch just Tinsley. I can. I, okay. I'm, I'm prepared. I, 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 I'm ready for that task. <laughs> I'll recap that for you. The, the way you recap Dallas for me, I will recap the Tinsley show for you. Shall it come? <laughs> well, let's get into this week's Real Housewives of Atlanta first. The pandemic wedding, as Chris Murphy uh, from Vulture says. Oh, man. So, you know... This is such a wild ride because when we knew that Cynthia was getting married on the same day as Kelly Dodd, mm. who would have thought that Cynthia was the one that was ignoring COVID protocols and CDC guidelines, you know? It's like the world had switched. It's like, you know, 
when uh, uh, it reminds me of that one little Nickelodeon special, uh, Jimmy Neutron, when worlds collide, when Jimmy and Timmy come together and everything gets just completely fucked up. <laughs> you would think we'd have the more problems from Jimmy, but it turns out Timmy was the one who got the big head and started fucking shit up. Like, so when I saw it was Cynthia giving us all the issues, I, I couldn't believe, could not believe my eyes or ears. Shocking. A shock to the system. Yeah, she'll be fine. I'll pick her up. Okay, sometime between 5.30 and 6. Okay. B- bye-bye. Is everything okay with Stassi? <laughs> that was the guy who runs Stassi's daycare. Oh, He's okay. not feeling well, so. Oh, okay. Oh, picking her up. <laughs> um, poor baby. I heard she just had a birthday. She did. She did. That's good. Love her. It was adorable. So fun. She's the cutest. The only Stasi I can support now, publicly at least, I'll yeah. say. <laughs> There's my hot mic moment. I don't know if you stopped recording, but you can use it. No, no, oh, no. Well. <laughs> I'll I'll cut it out because I'm. I don't know. I like having like full flowing conversations. Smart. I have too many hot mic moments on mine. And my editor, he was like, "Do you are you sure you want to keep this?" And I'm like, "You know what? I thought about that, but." Mm. Let's leave it. Season one, I'll be authentic. Season two, maybe I'll be a little less. <laughs> yeah, it's so wild. Um, and, you know, with with Cynthia, what's so interesting to watch, like for me as a viewer, is how confused she was or seemingly unprepared <laughs> she was, not just for like bad weather on that day and having, you know, rain options, but for like unprepared for the bad press that anyone could see coming. Yes. Really quickly before I forget, Whitney and Heather, bad weather, tornado, spin the truth, destroy. <laughs> that's how my Bravo brain that's how my Bravo brain works. I'll hear one thing and it triggers another thing. So yes. But Cynthia just seemed like to be literally the most ignorant, oblivious person alive. Which I love it in a housewife, but for once, I will say it's not the time. For once, it's not the time or place to be completely self-centered and all about yourself. I mean, Wendy Williams was <laughs> slamming her decision, and she's just like... Shocking. How could you be shocked by that? You know, her own dad wouldn't show up to the wedding because he was afraid of getting COVID. I mean, you know, well, for some people, that virus never existed. And I guess Cynthia might have been one of those people. But again, I will say... It's 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 moments like these where, where where we see why as much of a beta as she is why we see she's a housewife that level of just oblivious is like well it's my wedding it's my wedding day I think it was a little less oblivious and more just like selfish like I'm not gonna that let too, anything sure. get in my way and I don't care if this is bad for other people or if I'm putting fucking Karen Huger in harm's way like I was like if you invite Karen Huger dumb. to your wedding you got to make sure. No one's sick. I agree. But again, classic, pure housewife behavior. And this is why we love our housewives. Cause, because they will sit here, look at look at a worldwide pandemic and said, yep, today's a great day for a wedding. Let's do it, guys. <laughs> Full speed ahead. So as much as I want to like bash her and get mad about it, I'm like, you know, it is what it is. And, 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 and if, if it had been Kelly Dodd doing it, I'm like, well, this tracks. So again, but this is probably why these women are housewives because – this is how they truly live their lives and operate. Definitely. Well, Ava showed up, and I think she brought more drama in this one episode than she did all of last season. Say that, Mandy. <laughs> Say that. 
<laughs> she's just, you know, Kenya's telling her all kinds of stuff. So she's showing up on camera, mic'd, saying, you know, I heard Portia and Tanya were kissing, and then Shamia got involved, and Candy just shut that ish down. She was like, I think she said, you know, Shamia's not involved in any of the bolo activity. And then about Portia and Tanya, she said, that's their business. Leave them alone. I mean, this might be like one of the greatest Bravo mysteries we will ever come across. Who was with <laughs> Bolo? I think it's going to span past this season into the next season. We'll probably hear about it on Roni. You know, Ramona, like, well, you know, I heard about those girls in Atlanta and, and that stripper, Bolo, Bolo, whatever his name. Like, I feel like we're going to hear about this for a long time to come. So I'm ready for all accusations, all rumors, all speculations, all suggestions. Keep them coming because I know we're going to hear about this for a long time. I'm just pretty sure now at first I was like, oh, I don't think it would be Tanya because why would she put herself at the scene of the crime? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, you would only do that if you were innocent and you're like, I have nothing to to hide. But I'm just pretty sure now, given the fallout in her relationship and she's been having real difficulties, that there has to be some truth to it, you know? And then with Portia, like, she's single. She can do what she wants. This is true. And really quick on Tanya. 360, that girl from last season to this season, 180, 360, I don't know the numbers, but uh, like when we saw her the first couple of scenes, you know, back in the first half of the season, she was so open and free. Like you can tell, like she was comfortable. She was happy to be there. It was such like a transformation from her demeanor last season. So I love seeing that. And then also that gave me the inkling that like, she's ready to play. Like, you know, she's here to do the job. And as far as her, you know, and the state of her relationship, wasn't it something, you know, uncommon like they've been engaged for 11 years so i would imagine whether that's a happy 11 years or a not so happy 11 years um if if there were any relationship to have an agreement it'd it'd be that relationship so maybe they have agreements like you know what we're not gonna really do this so do what you're gonna do but maybe keep it to yourself and i think you know tanya now being so comfortable with these girls i think she might have forgot the portion where she needs to keep some stuff to herself if she is involved in these activities, if there are any activities at all. (laughs) So this is me passing judgment, but uh, I don't understand couples that get engaged and stay engaged for a really long time. Like I thought the purpose of engagement is to get married. If you don't want to get married, that's fine. Like you don't have to get married. No one's forcing you to. You can say this is my life partner. This is my boyfriend. This is whatever. And you can be together. Yeah. (laughs) You know, for decades and decades. But to get engaged and then to not go through with the marriage, it feels like one, at least one person in the relationship is secretly unhappy. That's what it feels like to me as an outsider watching you know, okay, you say you want to get married or the way Tanya talks about it. She's like, oh, we consider each other husband and wife. Well, that's fine. <laughs> but you're not actually husband and wife, according to the law. Not it feels yet. Like, it feels like you want me to fill out your bath and body works cart on your wedding registry. <laughs> if you're sitting here engaged for 11 years and we've got nothing, we've got just a ring, if we even have that. It feels like you want me to fill out your wedding registry for Coles or Target or wherever you register. Bath and Body Works. I've never seen that as a registry. Well, when you're from Long Island, Mandy, (laughs) you see see some places that you might not have expected to see elsewhere. (laughs) Okay. That's good to know. So where would you rather have been at the rehearsal dinner that took place indoors full COVID with pizza or at a night in Nice, a party at Shamia's. 
with Marlo? I think I would have taken my indoor party because I would have liked to have seen my own reaction had I thought I was going to be in the same room as now President Joe Biden. I want to see what my reaction would have been. I want to know if I would have left, if I would have sat there and played it along, you know, acting like I wasn't upset. Wait, Joe. Oh, you mean the um, party from earlier in the season? Yes. Oh, no, I meant the rehearsal dinner. Oh, oh, oh. I was not making dinner. sense. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, my bad. You know but what? I... All these parties, they, they, they just melt together now. I would have done anything to see that party where they thought Joe Biden, where she thought Joe Biden was showing up. That, okay, yeah. Sorry. Anything. No. The, Mar- the Marlo Denner event. <laughs> the Marlo event. Anything with Marlo is, is the place where I'm going to be. Same. I mean, I also love the play on words, a knight and niece, and it being all French, like niece, you know. And the nieces and the aunties, yeah. Yes, it's so cute. And they were all having so much fun playing truth or dare Jenga, (laughs) you know, until everything seems fine with this group until someone brings up Kenya or Bolo. Until Kenya shows up, I was going to say. She didn't even have to show up at this party and it ruined it, you know. She's that tornado that Lisa Barlow was talking about. She is that tornado. Bad weather. <laughs> yes. And as where I used to not like it. Now as an adult and someone who knows we need this to make these shows work, I love it. Like, I just love how just the mention of this girl's name, ugh, eye roll, ugh, teep smack. Like, it's the best. <laughs> so you're kind of a Kenya, are you a Kenya stan or do you just appreciate what she brings to Kenya the Kenya appreciator, Kenya supporter. Yeah, I'm an appreciator. I think for an ensemble cast, you have to have agitators. I like a girl that shows up and who's ready to work. And that's Kenya Moore. Definitely. The one thing I do feel sort of bad for her about Mm -hmm. is, like, it seems like she wants a village to help her with her (laughs) her child. But yet she's not doing any of the things you would need to create a village. So I guess maybe, I don't know if I feel bad for her or I feel bad for Brooklyn – for not having like support system, you know, like it doesn't have yeah. to be your mom. It can be friends. It could be Aunt Candy, you know, anyone. But she's definitely not setting that up. So Kenya is the job that says they're hiring. They've got the applications out. You can come and get your interview and you'll say, oh, you know, I've got three years of experience. She's like, right. But how much experience do you have for me? And you've never worked for that person, so you can't have experience for them. But they're expecting you to know what time they wake up, when they go to bed, what lunch they like, before you've even you know, gotten your, your name tag in your uniform. And you can't do that. You just can't. So until she realizes, like, you know, A, you have to hire the people, let them get to know you, get to know them, and see what they can bring to your village, you're not going to have a village. You're just going to be standing there with your flyer, 100 <laughs> applications, and your baby being unattended for another 45 minutes. Oh, that's so sad. Um, So then at this, you know, niece's party, Portia accuses Toya of leaking the story, which, you know, Toya is basically like, I think it's Kenya. And but she does rightfully point out that Latoya seems like to be two different people. Like she can be nice, she can be fun and get along. And then she turns into someone different kind of when she's with Kenya. Like, what are your what are your thoughts on Toya overall? I cannot get a read on this girl, although I do like what I see. I like how she seem, seemingly seems to be the girl who's going to just say whatever she's thinking without without thinking of it, like it'll just come out. And I like someone who word vomits freely on the camera. So I appreciate that energy and that side of her. 
However, I don't know if she's picking the right team here. Like I think, and I think the team she's picking is how do I get my camera time? So I think she's just going to say whatever she thinks is going to, you know, get her that sound bite, get, you know, the producers to go, Oh, we like her. So when she makes statements like this, well, you know, I'm not sure if this is true or like, you know, I think it's this one, just, just scrambling. She's like a word scrambler. It makes me just question her as a whole. It's like, I like you, but. Mm. Uh, yeah. And then what did you think when she just unleashed saying all of Kenya's business, you know, mentioning the divorce and alimony, none of those people there should know that none of them are Kenya's close friends and she didn't disclose it to them. Shady, but I think uh, Karmatic TV, that's Kenya getting a taste of her own <laughs> medicine back to it. So I yeah. appreciate that. Well, that was my friend. I'm like, listen, this might be the last time I speak to you today ever. But for as a viewer on a TV show, I'm like, this is good. I really like this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Kenya also knew that this was going to be her personal storyline, don't you think she would also bring it up to some of the other people? Maybe. Maybe. But I don't know. I don't really understand. And then Drew and Toya, like they're just like oil and water. It seemed like they were getting along, but then they just flip on each other. And they, you know, when Drew gets angry, she just, she says she goes all Chicago. Right. I don't think that's okay. very Chicago. Sure, girl. But at least yeah. <laughs> I think sure. it's just her just going and getting angry. And, For the camera. Yeah. Yeah. She's going. She's, she's not an angry girl. No, I don't, I don't, I don't get that vibe so either. Chicago or no Chicago. She doesn't like being picked at, like, you know, and Toya's just constantly like, go, go, go. Let me pick, pick, pick. And, you know, criticizing her marriage. And I don't know, Drew should probably be like, hey, Toya's jealous of me. Like, rarely is that a thing. Usually that's like what housewives go to. Oh, they must yes. be jealous of me. But that's not the case. I actually do think Toya is jealous because... I think she's upset about ending, you know, about separating from her husband and, you know, n- maybe. I don't what know. What is even not. with that? I, I cannot get a read on, on the status of her, of her relationship. I mean, it sounds like they're getting divorced or separated or something like that. And I don't I feel know. like he's not even there, like, as in he doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> it reads very, be- <laughs> reads very uh, altered, as in we hired right? him. He's there, but he's not really there. And so it's, I don't know, it seems like why if you're, why pick at somebody else's marriage that you truly don't know very well? You know? I agree. And then really quickly, not to change course here, but I have to ask you, one before I forget, and two, because I really do want your opinion. (laughs) How do you think if she was here, how and where Nini would have fit into all of this? I just don't think she would have fit. And so Mm. I believe that Nini was probably one of the best housewives we've ever had, right? Like, hands down, down. incredible. (laughs) She brought housewives to a level that was, like, in everyone's living room. Yeah, put it on the map. Yeah, put it on the map. But um, the difference between her and I think some of the other OGs, like Teresa or Ramona, is that I don't think she has any real meaningful relationships with the Mm. rest of the cast. And I think that is the distinguishing factor. And I think Lisa Vanderpump also had that problem. Once she cut ties with Kyle, there was no real meaningful relationship left. And we want to see the actual relationships. They've been on these shows together for 10 years. You know, Teresa has a real 
relationship and friendship with Dolores. Yes. And with Marge and with Melissa, you know, like that she's integrated into that cast in a a different way. And same, Ramona is close with Sonia. And no Mm -hmm. matter how annoyed Luann is, she will always be there if Ramona needs her. And yeah. And they you will go I mean? out for a drink, you know, here and there. Yeah. So I think that the difference with Nini is that I don't know what flipped it or if she always was this way, but she is just a very scary narcissist who um, really unleashed on everyone and burst yes. every bridge. And I don't see how she could film in an ensemble show. When one, she didn't want to be part of an ensemble anymore, right? <laughs> and two, she had no real relationships with them. So that's mm-hmm. my kind of thought on that. What do you think? I like that. That is so thoughtful and thought provoking, <laughs> because I just thought, well, that's Nini. But like you, you just kind of broke it down for me. So and wow, I mean, mind blown. You're right. I I agree. I don't think Nini had any real friendships. Even the one with Cynthia, I think at best, oh, that's my coworker who who understands me, who gets the game, who knows what we need to do. So I like her for that purposes. I'm like, yeah, you know, we'll chop it up. Oh, hey, girl, you just see that in the office? Like, you know, that kind of, you know, like slightly more of a co-worker, but still at the end of the day, your co-worker, like still in that box. So yeah, you're right. Nini probably didn't have any real relationships or real friendships. And that really is the crux of all these shows, friendship. That's what we're watching, watching how these friendships play out for these adult women. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. I think that Nini was actually friends with them earlier, right? Yes. But as the seasons went on, I think it she just wasn't, you know, and and you can't fake it and she didn't want to film with them and I don't think they wanted to film with her and kind of how do you move forward? She's like your favorite teacher who just gets burnt out. Like, you know, if you're trying, you know, they don't want to do it anymore, but you know, they got the mortgage to pay and their own kids. <laughs> yeah. And like, her, her last just season, slowly she burn. was like a shell of herself. She just was like giving it to us only in confessionals, but yep. she didn't seem to want to be there. Oh, Nini, I'll miss you. <laughs> what did you think of the actual wedding, though, between Portia and Mike? Uh, so the chill wedding, I felt was actually <laughs> pretty chill. I think I have expected like more fanfare. Well, we did get it from the guest list. I mean, we got some Potomac girls. We got Tamika, Self and Charm New Orleans. Please come back. I I need that back in my life. Whitney, if you're listening, come on, let's go pick it up. You can film. Um, (laughs) It was nice. I let let me leave it here. I hope she got what she wanted. Me too. Because she really did. (laughs) She really did make a choice that many people would not have made themselves. Yeah. So I hope all of it was worth it to her. I hope she had her perfect day, her perfect wedding. It looked nice. The venue was nice. But the whole time, I'm like, I can't enjoy this because <laughs> the world around you is literally burning. I think it would have been so different if there would have been a big outbreak because of the wedding. Mm. I think she was incredibly lucky that that we know of nobody right. got COVID after that wedding. You know? Absolutely. But again, congrats to her. She got it. She did it. She did. She did it, Joe. She got it. She got her wedding. She got her 10, 10, 20, 20, 250 <laughs> person it, indoor Joe. wedding. So you know what? Good for you. Um, And then Portia and Dennis's dinner. That was so interesting. <sighs> I, I definitely perfect. understand her frustration with him putting on Instagram single as fuck, Um, you know, right after the story broke about Bolo. 
because, oof. But I also remember reading those stories about Portia potentially hooking up with the stripper and thinking, yes. wait, I thought she was with Dennis. Like, we, <laughs> the viewers, didn't know back when this was happening in October that they had broken up. She had not made that public. You know what? Really quickly on that, I think this year has been the year for reality TV headlines. Atlanta has given us you know, such great content that we have had some of the best newspaper headlines, article headlines that we have had in a long time. I mean, two real hustlers of Atlanta <laughs> got their peaches gobbled by a long dong <laughs> stripper. Uh, you know, Cynthia Bailey's 250 person COVID wedding. <laughs> like, we've just gotten some really solid headlines. So, shout out to journalism, shout out to headline writers everywhere, and shout out to Atlanta for giving us those headlines. Um, the Porsche and Dennis of it all, this reminded me of a real life situation where moral of the story is it's so important when when you are in a state where you are a co-parent as in two parents with a child living seemingly separate lives it's so important to set those lines to find it like if you don't even for a second like this is not going to work we're going to split go to court get the custody settled get the paperwork set out so that way you know like you can at first adhere to your responsibility to that kid as a parent and then if it if if it's working for you then go to the relationship stuff because all this back and forth it's putting you in a bad mood it's putting them in a bad mood which is ultimately gonna hurt the kid so like i'm a strong advocate from what i've seen in my own life for people if you know you're gonna split 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 it clean get it on paper because all this back and forth is not good for you or for child yeah, so I just feel bad for PJ. Even though we know PJ's taken care of, she's got the village. She's she's gonna be fine. But you know, on some level, the kid's got to be feeling all this, all this back and forth. And then when the kid's old enough, she can go back and see. Well, you know, if if, if things weren't as great as I thought they were as a kid, this is why. And she can and she can see all this confusion that could have possibly been avoided had they just you know decided when they split the first time, let's split this up, let's make this work professionally. Like let's. Let's get that clean break. I kind of feel like they're doing a decent job on the co-parenting, at least my under, my view on it. It was the, are we going to be together? That seems to be the, the tension between them. Because she was saying, like, I'll never keep PJ from you. And since they were never officially legally married, I don't know if they have to go through that same legal custody battle that would happen potentially in a divorce. You know, so if they all agree to like, you know, you get her on weekends or whatever it is, they don't need to go through the court system. God bless. Like, stay out of that system if you don't need to be in it. But um, what I find interesting is that it sounds like something happened that made Portia not want to be with Dennis anymore. And she hasn't seemed to vocalize that to us, the viewers, like she just got over it, right? But we all remember the headlines that he was out at 4 a.m. at a diner, right? Mm -hmm. Drunk with a bunch of women. And like, what? Like, why can't she tell us what her breaking point was? I agree. And I think maybe that might stem even for her culturally. Like, you know, they always say like the black woman has to be strong, put on the strong face, Mm -hmm. you know, keep everything together, at least on the outside, even though like, you know, the life and the home could be crumbling and falling apart. So maybe it's part of her just wanting to keep face and maybe like, you know, give us exactly what we need to know. Or maybe... Because as we've seen, you know, from what is now season 11 up until now, all this back and forth, maybe it's too much for her to think about because if she does, she won't know what to do with all those feelings. So I just really feel bad for Portia. I mean, all day at the end of the day, it's screwed Dennis, screwed the hot dogs. It's fine. You know, we've got smart life. We've got light life. We've got, we have so many hot dog alternatives. We actually don't need Dennis around <laughs> it. And they all taste good. I've tasted them. But 
I just want Portia to be happy. Me too. Whether that's with Dennis or without him. Oh, she did say something, though, about how if I appear a certain way to you, it's only because I have to be strong. Mm-hmm. And that just, I was like, wow, that was a very real moment. I just wish she could say, hey, you know, I wanted to be with you and it could have worked, but you cheated on me while I was pregnant or or right after whenever it was. And then you continued to not be faithful or do things that were dodgy or shady. You didn't move in with me. You kept your own place. None of these things are okay with me. They will never be okay with me and we can't be together because of it. And I blame him because he knows this stuff. She's told him in very plain and simple terms throughout the portion of the show what she's expecting and what she would like from him if he wants to be in a relationship with her. But then she also stayed in a relationship with him when she wasn't getting those things, right? That's so true. I guess she was probably like, out. <laughs> hey, you know, I can get away with this stuff. She stayed with me the first time. Maybe I can keep doing this. Oh, you know, I'm not going to get rid of my place. Whatever it is. Right. You know? So one thing I will say, uh, I know we all think Dennis is trash, but I did see him double masking at the wedding. Okay. This was months before recommendations on double masking. So, hey, snaps, props, props to Dennis, the hot dog king on double masking at a pandemic wedding. (laughs) We'll give you that, Dennis. I I will give you just that. Okay, moving to Dallas. So you're not watching Dallas this season, are you? Or are you? So really quickly, let me explain that. I am up to date, thanks to podcasters like you, Monty, Danny, Ryan, Kendrick. You all keep me up to date, so I know exactly what's going on. But me as a Black person, as a person of color, knowing that Brandy, you know, even before cameras were up, doubled down on it. And now, from what I did watch, I think I watched the first six episodes, knowing how she kept, like, you know, in a, in a way on camera, doubling down, feigning this ignorance and really trying to weaponize her, her situation of like, you know, uh, these things that she calls herself taking the toll on her mental health from, you know, reaction from the fans and trolls and whatnot. The fact that she wants us to focus on, Oh, I feel bad. This is bad. Like, no, how about you just not offend people and maybe you wouldn't be in this situation at all. So the fact that she can't see out of that, even though she says, Oh, like, you know, I'm trying, I want to do better. Uh, it's just too much. And then, Outside of that, um, we're still stuck with freaking Carrie, who, who who I think is just like one of the most annoying people that we've ever had on the camera. And after watching Cameron in the first three episodes, uh, and she's my favorite, I, I'm now turned off. And I had a feeling this would happen. I felt like, you know, like, guess what? We have the obvious issue between Dr. Moon and Brandy with Brandy's abhorrent behavior. I had a feeling like when I saw the casting note that, the, literally just her presence and this is proving true tiffany moon's just mere presence would bring out the other implicit or ex- explicit biases in the other woman and that's what's happening this entire time so me as the person of color i just i just cannot participate and watch that like it hurts too much like knowing that brandy basically knows what she's doing and is still you know it's taking this route of like you know blame game weaponizing you know guilt and you know using her tears to try to get away with stuff or not even really take full accountability i, I just cannot do it it hurts but listening to you guys yeah. keeps me up to date. So I'm ready to give my full opinions as if I watched. Well, if you were going to watch any episode this season, I would recommend watching the one that we just had this week. Okay. It sounds good. Yeah. It, it sounded was really great. Good. There wasn't a lot of um, 
I don't know. It, I didn't feel the stuff that I normally felt. The disappointment, yeah. I guess, is the mm-hmm. feeling that I feel like I feel when I watch it. I didn't feel that this week. It was just good general housewives. It was Mama D. It Mama was D. Terrible. It was it so was, good. Uh, some meditation, some shamanism. It was a good episode. <laughs> the shaman from what I heard. thing was so funny. They just definitely still all seem hung up on that he does hair extensions. But as Sasha more of us said, uh, you know, people can do multiple things. Like, why yes. are they not getting it? Like, he can have this amazing spiritual work that he does, and he can also do hair. Like, <laughs> they don't understand it because they don't have jobs. If they if if they, if they were regular people and not you know Real Housewives getting massive checks for you know basically doing next to nothing, they would understand that maybe it takes more than one job to sustain a lifestyle. Right? They don't get the hustle. Yeah. I do think something that usually makes a good housewife is life experience. Yes. So even being young, Tiffany Moon is young, usually younger than I like a housewife. She has a lot of life experience and things to share. So much. Right. And, you know, all of the stuff that like Luann is a great example. She lived so many lives even before we saw her <laughs> on her screen. A, a lot. Yeah. I feel like the women on Dallas, with the exception of Deandra, yes. have not lived many lives. And there's not no. a whole lot about their past that they can share with us that's interesting <laughs> or that can Word. inform them as, you know, mothers in their 40s. You know, the girls are mad. The girls are mad that Tiffany, Dr. Moon, has had such an amazing, incredible, noteworthy, achievement-filled life. And they and I think and I think seeing that, they kind of realize how they basically, and I hate to say it, they've sat back, they can sit back and say, Well, I've done nothing. I've created a child, I became a wife. Okay, great, but what else is there? And then they see Tiffany who's got mountains of accomplishments. And I think it brings up all that insecurity, all that, you know, um, self-doubt self-loathing and then when you put them all together all against her that's just how we're getting all this bizarre and just ridiculous behavior like really like her pure presence her pure existence makes them mad with the exception of deandra who i think feels very fulfilled by her life and very confident in who she is and shout out to Deandra. This is the first time I really liked her this season because I was a diehard Leanne supporter. And then not even that, I felt like the way uh, Deandra was like, you know, acting to her quote unquote best friend, girl who stood in her wedding. I'm like, how are you treating this girl this way if this is your best friend who stood in your wedding? But now that, you know, they're separated and she's not around anymore and I'm kind of seeing Deandra just for Deandra, I'm liking what I see. I always felt like there was more to Deandra. I mean, she worked in DC in the yes. Bush administration. You know, like she was a political appointee. That's a thing. That's a big deal. And that's an interesting thing. And I, you know, and then to hear that she was a groupie and had a cocaine addiction, (laughs) you know, like that's many lives. That's a lot of life experience. So you're right. It is Tiffany's mere presence that is bringing out these women's own insecurities, like Cam's insecurity with being Uh. called dumb or being feel like she's inferior. Um, and you know, now I kind of get it after watching her husband does treat her like a child. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he treats their oldest daughter Hilton with more respect and regard than he treats his wife. 
it's so confusing to me because i don't know if you remember mandy but literally in season season one or what is cameron season one which is season two she says you know court and i are just nerds we just sit at home and nerd out together she's like you know i met him in school and you know he likes you know science and chemistry and i like science and chemistry so I believed previously before this year that maybe she was trolling us, like playing up, you know, like the dumb blonde card. Cause that tagline, that iconic tagline, dumb blondes get noticed. Smart blondes get everything. I thought best tagline ever. And I'm like, okay, she's really smart. She's just playing it up for the cameras. But seeing now that we see them every day home together, cause you know, COVID and they can't really film seeing how this relationship really works. It's just shocking to me. And it's confusing to me. And it makes me upset. Cause I'm like, wait, Cam, I thought you were smart. I believed you telling me that <laughs> you were a smart one. And I'm saying that might not be true. Those two things might not be true. Right. And I'm not saying she is dumb. I'm saying she has insecurities about that. She's worried that she is. And that people who, you know, like for her to need to have that tagline, just to put it out there, like no one was saying you weren't smart. <laughs> Yeah, you know? that's true. Like, I would never think she wasn't smart just because she's blonde and all of that. So uh, what it was shocking, though, is the sale of the house and how it was went. So basically, the house became pending on an app. Yes. And he, Court, assumed she wasn't looking at any of the apps or even paying attention. And she was right. like, is our house, she didn't ask it, but it's like, is our house under contract? Like, what is happening? And he doesn't want to share anything with her until it's officially sold. Well, there's a whole period of time between when an offer is made, when you get under contract, and when you sell the house and hand over the keys. Like, I'm super right. confused why <laughs> she wouldn't be part of that process. Well, you know, shout out to our other friends on Bravo over there on Million Dollar Listing. We've seen that happen quite a few times where, like, the husband's like, oh, honey, well, you know, I bought this place and we're moving in. And we see that tension. <laughs> I mean, how, how how many times has that been a, a little episodic storyline on that show? So, and I get that. Me personally, like, um, so for example... I'm starting a podcast myself. I'm trying not to say anything until it's fully done and I can press play and give it to all you guys because, you know, it's a process. Like you said, yeah, yeah. you got it, you know, in the house, sit down, find it, decide, does this work for me and my kids? What are we doing for the next 10 years? Like, it's a whole thing. So I can get him not saying until it's like, hey, it's done, especially with him already being like, you know, the financial chief officer in their home. So I can get him, you know, like not wanting to get involved because he's got to, you know, take in, you know, what she says. What if she likes this one today, but hates it tomorrow? I can see him wanting to just have it done and say, listen, this is what it is. You can come or you can stay. But it's it's he's basically saying I'm doing this for your own good with such a patronizing thing to to say to your partner. As and men he's do. like, you can't handle um, you know, losing or losing the contract on this house or, or it falling through or something. And I can't imagine being told by my partner that I couldn't handle something emotionally. Like that mm. would break me. I can get that. And not to support him because that's not what I'm here to do. But I can see him maybe also being apprehensive for that because not for nothing. He basically let the dog die. So he might be <laughs> in the back of his mind thinking, wait, she, she, she's still mad at me for, you know, killing this dog while she was away in New York for, for a couple of weeks. So I don't want to tell her anything now that I don't have to tell her <laughs> because maybe she can't handle it. And maybe she will flip out on me. I also so think she's only away why. for a couple days. Like, I don't think it was that long. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, and, and, and the Bravo cinematic 
universe, time is just a social construct, <laughs> an episodic social construct. So who, who knows totally how totally right? Who, I think who knows this, how gone she was long for. The it. death of this dog is definitely causing some tension with them. Um, so let's get to like the real meat of the episode, which is Mama D shows up at Tiffany's yes. Moroccan theme party, <laughs> which. Was Shout like, out to Mama D. The Moroccan theme was so funny because there were all these balloons and that I don't I mean, I haven't been to Morocco, <laughs> but I don't associate like large pink balloons no. with Morocco. <laughs> so that was just like, I mean, it was beautiful, but it was just like, yeah. what is this? Um, I also it's loved Dallas does Morocco. How they handed out champagne was amazing. They had this like wall, and these hands would come through the wall, like handing yes. out champagne, so you didn't actually have anyone breathing on you. Amazing, brilliant. It's Dallas does Morocco. <laughs> and Mama D gave this bizarre speech about how like you can do anything that you set your mind to, but then her example was her I love stalking that. her I husband. Love that. <laughs> Oh, my God. He is a national treasure. This woman can do no wrong. Can do no... I mean, it was amazing. So you stalked your husband because he was rich and you found everywhere he went and you basically made him fall in love with you and marry you and then you got all this money. (laughs) She was a woman with a plan. She saw saw it. She wanted it. She made a plan and she made it happen. I love it. Really, if anything, those girls should have been thanking her because she was teaching the master class on how to get the bag. And then there was this whole situation with Deandra and whether or not, like, why she took the Simmons name. And I think mm. Deandra felt confident in Mama D answering it a certain way because she said, like, Mom, like, share with Jen why I my last name is Simmons. And I think she thought her mom was going to be like, because <laughs> my husband really helped raise Deandra. The natural answer, right? Right. And he really acted as a father figure to her and, you know, did all this stuff for her. But she says, oh, you know, <laughs> you're laughing. Simmons will take me a lot farther in life than Callaway can. Because the last name is well known for money in yes. Dallas. <laughs> And to see Deandra freak out. Amazing. That is definitely her (laughs) Achilles heel. She is worried people don't think she's really truly part of Dallas society. Like she acts like she doesn't care, but she cares. Oh, man. It's great, which is why I love how we got the confessional from Cameron, then giving her to son. She's like, well, you know, names in Dallas, they're very important. Like, you know. It kind of defines who you are. It'll it'll determine what room you get into, where you're gonna go. So like, and I love how you know Cameron can't get anything else, but she gets that. <laughs> so <laughs> I love that back and forth. And then I was listening to um, Deandra talk about this on Danny's podcast this week, Danny Pellegrino, and she said uh, that really hurt her because, like how you said, what would have been the natural answer? She took that name because that man really raised her. And she said, if anything, you know, if I really was going for the money grab, I would have stuck with Callaway. You know. Callaway Go, you know, like that, 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 like design company or whatever. So it really hurt her because she felt, yeah, that's the man who raised me. He took care of me when I was sick. Cause as we know, she was a very sickly child, like, you know, Victorian sick child vibes, like in and out of the hospital until she was 12 years old. So yeah, she's like, yeah, I love this man, but this man is my dad. She didn't know the other one. I mean, the other one had a whole other family one and been to his own troubles. So she never really knew him in that way. Yeah. I mean, but. Mama D being like, well, that's what I heard, you know, and or that's what Mama you said. Mama D being Mama D. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not I mean, giving a rip. It's amazing to watch. Yes. But 
I could never handle having a mother like Mama no. D because there God, is no. something that creeps me out about moms who feel the need to put down their daughters and compete with them. Like, this isn't a competition. <laughs> You're my mom and I'm your daughter. Like, we're not competing over looks. We're not competing over men. We're not competing over anything. We love each other. We're part of, we're family. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just weird to me the competition that I see sometimes on these shows between the moms and the daughters. Well, we know, as has been said many times before, Tiffany, Doctor Moon, is Mama D's favorite child. So <laughs> it was ne- it was never going to be Deandra, especially not this season. And I think part of it might stem to because I've seen this again in my own life. Sometimes parents are jealous of their kids. Meaning in the sense of like, you know, when the parents look back on their life, how they had to work and hustle and bust their ass. And then the kid kind of doesn't have to do that as much or maybe has the freedom to really make their own choice and do it differently. The parent subconsciously is like resenting them. So when they have those fights, they have those spats, those moments like this where like, you know, this is not the time or place to, you know, take a stab at your, at your daughter or, you know, make an inappropriate statement like that. It's just maybe that untapped jealousy coming out because she so never addressed it or she won't admit I- it. I almost have the opposite dynamic in my Mm -hmm. family where like my father came here as a refugee. He had absolutely nothing. Um, You know, he worked for everything he got. He was able to, you know, build a company and, and get resources and be able to send me to college. And I was able to choose where I wanted to go. And the whole time he was just so excited about the opportunities that I was able to have, especially around school, because he didn't have that, you know, he wasn't allowed to go to college where he wanted to go to college because he was Jewish and they just yeah. didn't accept Jews and you know things like that. So he's constantly excited about you know, academic opportunities or work opportunities or any opportunity, this you know, podcast. this yeah. podcast that he doesn't really understand what it is. <laughs> But he was on once. Um, I have to he, go find that one. Oh, it's so funny. I asked him and my stepmom to watch um, 90 Day the Other Way mm. and, you know, <laughs> give feedback. And yeah. um, he didn't do the assignment. <laughs> so he ne- just next season. Ran, do next season. He just talked about how much he loved their cat and how, um, what is the uh, Life Below Zero is the best reality show. <laughs> We're all missing out. I mean, hard-hitting journalism over there. I I don't blame him. But it was just – it's just interesting because I do understand some of the dynamic of of the immigrant parent. He definitely had expectations, but it was always that I did my best and I tried my hardest. It wasn't that I had to be the best. It was that I had to put in effort. And you could eat all the donuts you wanted and not be judged for it. So shout out to you for not judging you on donuts. The amount of time that Mama D comments on Deandra and how much she eats is also just like, what do you do? I would have such a complex if I was Deandra. I mean, (laughs) you know what they say, your child... Your child won't make it because of you. Your child will make it in spite of you. And yeah. sometimes that rings true when I'm watching these two interact. I love it because Mama D, you never know what she's going to say. So <laughs> watching them together, the way we just unhinge each other slowly but surely is just some of the best TV. And then you add in alcohol. And I think Mama D does mm. not like to see Deandra like, so no. drunk. I don't think she likes to see any of them all drunk. Dancing with snakes. It was that was insane. intense. I didn't like that. It I felt the snake before. Snakes are cold. Oh, I, I can't. It was also so cute of um, Cam to take that snake aside and be like, "You're better than this." 
I mean, <laughs> let's look at that. Cam talking to the snake and telling the snake that, I don't know. I thought it was funny. That rang, oh. that rang a little off for me, but you know, it's just my opinion. It's my opinion. <laughs> um, so finally wanted to get your thoughts on the awkward conversation that Brandy had with Deandra and with Dee about the shaman and religion. religion and it basically in times of need you turn to Christ you shouldn't turn to these outside sources and it's witchcraft it's demonic but then they you know flash back to Brandy being totally okay with seeing ghosts and a medium so I don't understand this aspect because I'm Jewish and <laughs> you're not supposed to like build a golden calf and worship it. Right. Right. But I don't think there's anything explicit like you can't meditate. Right. I don't, I don't know. So at this point, anything this woman says, I'm just rolling my eyes immediately. Yeah. Um, and while on Brandy, before I forget conspiracy theory time, it's a Bravo conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. No one's going to be harmed here, but what do you think about, this this larger this larger bigger picture theory that Brandy made this announcement that she's leaving because she was truly actually fired over the summer when Bravo was doing you know racism by Bravo and you know firing everyone because they felt pressured to do so yada 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 I think what happened was they told her look all right this is out again you chose not to <laughs> apologize again so you can finish the season because we're almost done filming and then like you know understand that when we wrap like you're gonna wrap so I think maybe she might have been planning her exit then and then when we got this little baby rumor she's like great this is my red herring I can go quietly under the guise of people thinking I'm leaving because of this rumor. And it also made me think of that other rumor that Stephanie is holding some stakes in the production company with Travis, which to me explains her overly sympathetic edit that you made one mistake comment and then having people even like, you know, DeAndre and first episode, having everyone tell T- Tiffany, Dr. Moon, oh, Brandy's fine, you'll like her. Like everyone pushing for Brandy when clearly as the season plays out, DeAndre's not pushing for Brandy and doesn't really feel that way. I felt like that was, you know, Stephanie in her hand having everyone, you know, protect and stick up for her best friend so she can try and get a good edit. And so when bringing this up to current day when she made that announcement with the red herring of like this baby rumor and Stephanie being able to say, yeah, it's not true. That's, that's not why she left. It's probably because it's not true. She probably left because it was her time to go. She's like, you know, let me just leave now. And Stephanie, you know, supporting this decision. Yeah, you know, you're my best friend. If this is not working for you, go do what you got to do because she knows she has her back. Well, so number one, <laughs> I don't think that she actually said she's leaving the show. Okay. She made a very, um, and that's not me. That's Dave Quinn was saying that on Love Clubhouse. Dave. He was saying that whatever she posted, yeah, mm-hmm. it was bizarre, but it wasn't saying I am leaving Housewives. Cryptic. It was cryptic. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't think Bravo would fire her over the, um, anti-Asian video, particularly because she did apologize and because she's apologizing on camera to Tiffany. Now, she's not taking some of these lessons to heart. I think she has a ways to go with them. (laughs) And she's kind of centering herself in it. But she's also having mental health issues. And she's also pregnant and doesn't know it yet while we're watching her. And I can't imagine how crazy your hormones must be in that first trimester, and she's just like all over the place. So not trying to cut her slack. I think I'm glad that she realized that she was projecting onto Tiffany and apologized for it. That's what she had to do. But now I think she needs to do the work, right? (laughs) I don't think she's particularly interested in that. 
I don't think she knows how to do it because anytime she asks for help, she makes it sound like she goes through the church or through something that's Christian. And I'm not saying that can't help. I'm just saying something that's convenient for her. Yeah, it's it's like a narrative that she already buys into um, rather Mm -hmm. than having someone tell her some things that are maybe not part of her worldview and having to wrestle with them. But it's also hard to do any work on yourself or learn anything when you have four children and they're young. Like, I have no idea how she's supposed to do all of this. And to the rumor, I I don't believe it, honestly, with, you know, (laughs) the adoption thing. I think that's a really nasty thing to say when you don't know for sure. I do believe he cheats. We saw a video this week of him kissing someone in a club. Um, (laughs) But allegedly. But. You know, my opinion is, yeah, I'm sure he cheats. It doesn't mean that he's getting someone else pregnant and they're adopting it and making it seem like it's theirs. That is a wild accusation and it is a really horrible thing to say about that child. So I will not participate in that. But yeah, with Stephanie and the production company, I've asked about this before Mm -hmm. uh, to a producer and I don't think she has like editing control or anything. I think it's just easy to give her a good edit because okay. of how she I think she knows how to sell herself. Probably. I mean I heard she's had like, you know, media training, which is fine. But well, everyone just season after season training it's like, that's mm, supposed girl. to be on these shows, right? I, I agree. Yeah, they should how to talk. That's why we don't want to have situations where people are, you know, saying really horrible things. You know, yeah. they need to learn about what to say, what not, and also not to give away the plot. That's they true. have to answer, they have to do press without saying too much. And that takes, that's a skill. I agree. Um, I hope they can fix the show. I'd like to be watching next season. Yeah. Yeah, it's really disappointing. But they yeah. also don't have great weight ratings. So it's like, is it even worth investing in? And I will, I don't know if I will watch if Tiffany Moon doesn't come back. I will 100% go to the, <laughs> I will follow the show to its grave if Tiffany Moon continues. Yes. I love that woman. I want to support her. I enjoy watching her. She has goals. I love everything about her. Our year of medicine. <laughs> I am so into her. I love, I just, everything. But (laughs) it'll be hard to watch without her. And I'm not sure she's going to come back. Well, I hope she does. But you know what I hope does come back? Southern Charm of New Orleans. Yeah. I'm just going to plug that. (laughs) I've DM'd a few times with Reagan. Really? Randomly, a friend of mine saw her in Paris and took a photo Ooh. and was like, is this someone from a Bravo show? <laughs> and so I, I posted it and was like, at the Louvre today with Reagan or whatever. And she thought it was like the funniest thing Aww, that she was spotted in Paris because it's like, you know, not the biggest show on Bravo. Right. And I was like back and forth with her. Um, it was She was really nice. So I'm Isn't all that about that Isn't that great when show. your friends like, you know, know that you love something so much that like <laughs> <laughs> when, they're, when they're literally in different countries, different continents. We'll stop who, and tell you what you're who, who lives in Kenya but was in Paris for a week mm. and saw someone from Southern Charm New Orleans and was like, Oh, I think she's Amazing. on a show that you watch. Your influence. This, this is why you're doing this. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> you were stretching across, across the globe. And I love that. Okay. So let's get into the Real Housewives in New Jersey, which I have been waiting to talk to you about for so long <laughs> because. 
You know so much about this franchise. You love this franchise. I am newer into this franchise. So I think I started four seasons ago, maybe. Marge's first season, I was kind of in and out. Really was not a fan of Siggy and um, was honestly truly embarrassed at how she um, represented my people. So I, <laughs> once she left, I was able to fully dive in. But I have not seen the earlier seasons. And I know that there is a lot of context that I am missing. But I'm well aware of much of the context. Okay. So having yes. said that, <laughs> can you explain to me why you are a tree hugger? Mm. Yes, I can. Thank you for acknowledging that. Thank you for recognizing that. I am. <laughs> I am a tree hugger. And why I am a tree hugger, she does her job so well. She was my first housewife follower on Twitter, middle of season two. And I just connect with her. I don't know what it is about her, but I just love this woman. And just how, like we were saying before, you know, uh, these these women that we love, they can be so oblivious, so outrageous, so just over the top, you know, just so, you know, <laughs> unaware, uh, unabashedly, unshamely unaware. Like, even when we know they're wrong, we still love them, right, wrong, and different. Um, so once I saw that Teresa was who Teresa was and she was never going to change and that she didn't see any of her own faults ever, no matter how obvious they were or weren't, I'm like, this is my girl. And I figured that out in like the middle of season two. So... And me being just a loyal person I am, I stuck with her. I ride with her. That's my girl. <laughs> okay. So you you acknowledge that she has faults, though, right? You're just like, she does a good job of being a housewife, and she entertains me. And so I support that. Um, so I would never acknowledge that in public. I would acknowledge that <laughs> in the privacy of my own we're, home we're when it's just me at space, night. Smash. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know what? Um my answer to that, do I acknowledge that Teresa does wrong? Um, I acknowledge when she's doing right. <laughs> <laughs> that might not be a common occurrence, but you know, I like things that are not common. Well, she's certainly good at doing her job and she keeps, you know, the story moving. And I appreciate that. I just find her. Um, she's given I, her whole life to us, her whole entire life, not one corner has been left unturned. There's no imagination with her left. Zero. Right. I guess with me, with her, I just, I don't buy that she is as quote unquote stupid as she tries to sell us that she is because Mm -hmm. she uses it as an excuse. Oh, I didn't know what my husband was doing. I just signed those papers. I don't know any better. Oh, I don't understand that Jackie tried to do an analogy. I don't get it, you know? And I don't know. I think she knows a lot more than she lets on. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that narrative that Teresa's just mm. like too dumb. I don't think any of these housewives really are like, at, they may not be smart when it comes to book smart. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or I don't know about COVID and you know, they're just like not <laughs> getting World it. Issues, you know? yeah. yeah. But when it comes to how to sell themselves and how to market themselves and how mm-hmm. to get into a story. And, you know, I think they know more than all of us. Look at, they've gotten to become housewives. They're becoming household names. Mm-hmm. They know how to sell themselves. So uh, on those issues, okay. like, I think that the real issues. Yeah. yeah. The issues we care about. <laughs> um. So my answer to that is, 
is first things first, as Monty and Sasha have both reminded us, you can't play stupid and play smart at the same time. However, however, I do believe that Teresa is street smart and maybe not necessarily book smart. So while, you know, with those flashbacks, everyone likes to bring up, you know, season 10 when she was uh, providing Jennifer with the analogy by throwing water on her. Oh, it's just water? Well, how do you feel if I throw this water on you? Okay, she got the analogy there. And then, you know, uh, the same analogy with Danielle and Bimini talking about Marge's kids. She's making a point. She's making a point. So while I think, um, yes, two things can be true and, you know, you can't be smart and stupid, I think Teresa would get it if it made sense for her to get it if she cared enough to get it so i think she's one of those people like you know yeah it seems like you know she might be dumb but no i think it has to just make sense for her in that moment in that time like you get it and you don't get it like yeah you know you might be a little dumb but when you're smart you're smart okay (laughs) i feel like you you really have a good sense of her though because that all made sense to me it's like she doesn't take (laughs) the time to digest things that she doesn't feel like digesting yeah she's that person on the job who has been there you know 100 years knows the job in and out is probably like one of the best performing employees does the job maybe doesn't care for it but you know when she goes home it's you know a different different story different person so like yeah she shows up she films she's doing the show and all that stuff but i think the reason why it doesn't you know resonate with her or carry over into like you know a meaningful way with you know the jackie thing and all the other comics we had because i think when she's there she's like all right this is my job whatever i'm gonna say what i need to say i'm gonna get out of here and i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna go have dinner with my girls like i think it's very in the moment and very situational for her and like you know she'll i believe she has that grudge pattern because she's like all right well you know last season or in our in our in our terms well you know last month at work when they set up the meeting i need to do x y and z i think that's when her brain says okay like yeah well now uh, now i'm teresa the housewife like let me just zero in and do what i need to do so i can get this check and go home because as we know her situation with joe where i do think she really didn't know that's just my opinion because again all right whatever you're my husband sure i'll sign up on it uh you know it is what it is and i think that's why you know she wasn't able to maybe fully grasp and when jackie was saying you know if you think you could control her husband which is why i think Teresa doesn't get it when jackie said when i if you think you could control your husband you think he'd be in jail i don't think you know Teresa was ever trying to control joe on any level which is why maybe that didn't land for her that way because i don't think it was ever about controlling him specifically with her and joe like you know i don't think she ever obviously no one ever saw jail no one ever saw it playing out the way it did but I think that didn't land because I don't think control was ever a part of Teresa's narrative. Right. But she was at that time telling Melissa that Melissa needed to control Joe, right? Yeah, she was. And I think so. that's just her doing her little <laughs> her little shtick with Melissa. Like, you know, as much as I say on the internet, Melissa's boring, you know, what is she doing? Fake storylines. Melissa gorgeous. One thing about that lady, she's gorgeous. As I said, Melissa gorgeous. One thing about her, she pushes Teresa's buttons in such a way that no one else can do it. And I think Teresa appreciates that and acknowledges that, which is why she'll always engage with Melissa and have the fight because they know they have buttons that only each other can push, giving us that classic Gorger Judice fight that we all love to see. Man, the one thing I will say about this season of The Real Housewives of New Jersey is, and I have said this before, mm-hmm. I cannot stand watching the show when it's winter, right? Like yeah. when it's November, December, I don't want to watch New Jersey in November. It's not pretty in November, no. February, <laughs> and you know, 
I love that they're filming in the summer. It is it's beautiful. Nice. Oh my god! I haven't had that since season four, really. Huge, when it was the big summer solstice party. Yeah, a huge part of me watches Housewives a little bit for aspirational living. That's why I started with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because it was yes. sunny there. And that's why I, I love Miami. Sun, right? sand, in Miami, Sun, all the time. Beautiful. And so to see their backyards and their pools, Jennifer Aiden's amazing yard. I mean, what a gift to those kids to be able to during COVID, <laughs> be able to play in that that pool and do flips and jump and yes. and then you've got Melissa's beach house and then we see at the end Teresa's house and the pool like. Mm-hmm. That is so fun for me. It's it's yes. more of a joy to watch them in the summer. And I think that's also part of why I'm loving this season. Yeah. Although one thing I do like about, you know, back in the olden days when they would film in the colder months, uh, because, you know, most of my viewing, most of my viewing life for Jersey was spent in Long Island. So it felt familiar. So I'm like, oh, I know exactly how they feel. I know the type of cold they're talking about. And then when the seasons were darker, when they had those darker tones, the cold weather added to that. Yeah, I I know what the cold is. I grew up in Minnesota. Yeah. I don't want to oh, watch okay. it on TV. <laughs> gotcha. Well, see, that's 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 a whole different type of cold. That's and a whole other can of ass there. <laughs> and it's not the same as like Salt Lake City, in which you at least have this beautiful mountainscape. Yes. And they're they're selling you on the cold, which I'm not buying, right? Like I'm not like, <laughs> oh, I want to go to Salt Lake City because it's pretty and snowy. It's like if I go to Salt Lake City, it'll be in the summer. You know, I can see really, the mountains. Really, because half our timeline wants to go now. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like the cold. I'm with you. I agree. The cold is not for me. Um. Totally almost unrelated to the storyline, but when Dolores <laughs> and David were having their chat, mm-hmm. I had trouble concentrating because of that massive pepper dispenser in the background. I was looking at that too. <laughs> it was like a massive oh, schlong. I mean, that thing put Bolo, Bolo? to shame. <laughs> Bolo, was that you? A cameo? I mean... But then again, that's Jersey. Big, tacky, gaudy things just casually chilling in your kitchen. I was laughing so hard. Um, So we see Marge meet with her ghostwriter. And I really like hearing this part of Marge. I feel like Mm -hmm. she's coming to terms with kind of everything that happened in her earlier career. She's so dimensional. I I love Marge. I really do. I I adore her. Yes. I I adore Margaret Josephs. And I do really want to read her book now. Like, I don't know if I'm interested in a lot of the other books that are out there, but hers and hearing about what it was like to work in fashion when she was young and in her 20s and all these older men that she worked with were trying to sleep with her and, you know, immigrant story, all of it. Yeah. Her mom from Hungary. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. her mom was from Hungary. Yeah. No. And Margaret uh, didn't learn English until she was five. Okay. That's so cool. Does she still speak Hungarian? If I had to guess, probably not. Maybe Marge Singer, but definitely not Margaret. I don't think okay. so. Or who knows? Maybe we'll learn that in the book. We'll just have to read the book. Yeah. I mean, my grandmother, even my grandmother, like from the United States, her first language was Yiddish. Wow. So. That's fascinating. Yeah. And of course, my dad didn't 
come to here when he till he was 26. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's like fully formed in a whole nother culture. Completely. That's, that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I really got to go back and listen to that episode now. <laughs> yeah. It's, you should hear his accent. It's really something. And it's fascinating when you have a parent who's an immigrant. I don't know if mm-hmm. I would love people listening. If you have a parent who was born elsewhere and they have an accent, when did you notice that they had an accent? Because I couldn't hear my dad's accent until I think I went away for college and I wasn't hearing his voice every day. Wow. He would like call me when I was in school and I'd be like, oh, wow, he sounds like a Russian man. (laughs) (laughs) You're a little different. Uh, Funny story really quick. Um, So for listeners that don't know, I've been basically for the last decade of my life in some capacity or another living either in Maryland in, in one of the many cities there or either in Long Island or in New York. So I'll never forget when I came when I came back to New York in one of those rotations, it was eighth grade, I had moved to Long Island. The bus driver, she's like, I love your accent. I'm like, oh, what accent? I'm like, she's like, oh, well, you know, it sounds a little Southern. I, have you ever been in the South? I'm like, well, I was in Maryland for a year. She's like, oh, that's what it is. She's like, she's like, you got a little Maryland, you got a little New York, got a little Island. She's like, I love your accent. I'm like, thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you. Appreciate it. But yeah, you're right. You really don't notice until you're in a different environment. Totally. You know, I when I was like, I think three or four, I don't remember the story, but it was told to me. I was at my parents' friend's house and they were um like there were cookies and they were asking if, you know, we wanted a cookie or and I think I asked for another one and I called it a cookie. <laughs> you know, because my dad yeah. like he used the he like I was like mimicking his voice. <laughs> they thought I it was that. really cute. Oh, well, okay. Speaking of, I guess, immigrants. So the mm-hmm. Gorgas came from Italy. Um, sure did. A very Catholic country where mm-hmm. um, there is a lot of like sexuality, right? And yes. there's a lot of sex in Italy on TV and fashion magazines everywhere. But yet there's also the Vatican and then there's chastity. And it's, I'm witnessing it with this conversation they have for Joe Gorga's dinner for his birthday. How uncomfortable mm-hmm. all of them are with their sexuality and specifically with female sexuality. Yeah, for sure. It's wild. Like, you know, Melissa wants to talk to Antonia and I think her line, like, while it would be embarrassing for Antonia is like a perfectly reasonable conversation to have saying, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got this boyfriend. It's been two years. I want to know if he touches you. Like Dolores said, you know, like once you're 12, you got to have that conversation. I, I think she should have had it by now, and I would assume she had, and she's just doing this all for TV. Camera, yeah, but as Melissa does. How could you have your, your 15-year-old not not have a conversation, you know, about this? Right. Yeah. So honestly, you know, seeing Melissa have that conversation, it really does, like you were saying, stem back to that old school Italian way of thinking, that traditional setting where, you know, you don't talk about sex, you know, it just kind of happens. And I understand that because I grew up similarly where, you know, like my parents kind of skipped around the whole birds and the bees thing, but maybe they didn't do it because I was never, you know, that kid, the kid that they clearly had to worry about that showed behavior and signs. I was always very like to myself, but yeah, like, you know, I remember like, oh, do you know about the birds and bees? Like, you know, or they reacting like, are you having sex and all this stuff? I'm like, no, guys, I'm barely surviving, but trust, trust and believe I'm not out here. (laughs) 
trying to uh, fornicate. But yeah, no, but I, I, I seen the rhetoric. Cause again, you know, living on Long Island, as long as I did, a lot of my friends were Italian and like the parents were Catholic and they follow that religion and I'd be in the house in their houses. So, you know, I, I heard, you know, the same things either in jest or like a real conversation. So it definitely tracks for what they say as far as it goes for the culture. Yeah. It's, I just, we didn't talk about sex much growing up. My mom had a conversation with me, I think, when I was in like fourth grade about, wow. you know, getting your period and yeah. reproduction and like kind of getting towards that. And I think we talked about it again in seventh grade. I don't remember having a high school conversation. And I was never told, like, if you have sex before marriage, it's like a sin or it's a bad thing. I was just right. kind of constantly told, you should wait till you're in love and until you're an adult because, yeah. you know, you can get hurt emotionally, physically, you know, absolutely all that stuff. And so yeah. when I did lose my virginity, I was in college and I <gasps> Mandy, did, that's for the Patreon. <laughs> I did call my mom and tell her after <laughs> she was so uncomfortable. Oh. She was like, well, Mandy, now that we're both adults you don't have to tell me everything <laughs> like gee mom thanks i i would have thought you'd be the first person who wants to hear this this is breaking news she did not want to hear that she was just like uncomfortable and then i had to have a sex talk with my dad Oof. when he started dating again <laughs> when he started dating yeah again. my mom passed away and a few years oh, yes. later my dad started dating and mm -hmm. You know, the highest rate of STDs in this country is like people over 65, right? Really? Yeah, they, they, a lot of them have been in relationships for so long and it's like, you know, they, they don't think about it, right? And since right. they're not worried about getting pregnant, they mm. like aren't thinking about the other consequences and Oy. gonorrhea runs rampant. Oh right. my God. STIs, yeah. Like the highest STIs are in the villages in Florida, that really? like retirement community. So huh. my dad was dating and he let me know that he was in a physical relationship with a woman, wow. <laughs> <laughs> which was an awkward conversation on the way to the airport after having spent Mandy, two yeah. full weeks together where he mentioned none of it. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, he's like, I'm in a physical relationship with a woman. And I think my response was, well, um, you know, I'm happy for you. And now is a good <laughs> time you, to yeah. explore. And if you're interested in being in a physical relationship with a man, that's okay, too. <laughs> and it's just like, inclusive. right. And he laughed and he said, I guess now would be the time to start if I were going to try. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so then I said, I, but in all seriousness, I really <clears throat> hope that you use protection. Right. To what, she, to what she says. Um, I don't know if he was at the time, but then he had a my stepmom, and then she mentioned that was important. And so he was, was a young important. man then. He's older now. He's grown up. He understands. Yeah, the now importance. he's sixty-eight. He was sixty-six when that happened. <laughs> Such a young, tender age, absolutely. And you know, guys, we call that growth. It was just it's like, Israel life. Is is anyone else having these sex conversations with their parents? My dad didn't know anything about dating. I mean, he wow. had never he met my mom, and they just like became official and got engaged right. after a few weeks, and then wow. got married. And he'd never been with anyone, so he had mm. to like ask us. He asked me and my sister in law after all the stuff with Harvey Weinstein came out. He was yeah. like, so horrified and confused, and was like, 
is it appropriate to ask a woman her permission to kiss her? And we said, yeah, actually, there's a lot of ways you can do it. You know, you look so beautiful tonight. I'd really like to kiss you. You know, all that stuff. Don't don't try and assume consent. And and he did just that. Oh, I love this. We need to get a camera on dad. I know. (laughs) A camera and a mic on dad. I would make a terrible reality TV star. I think I'm pretty boring, um, other than like some crazy antics of weird things that happened to me. But my dad is hilarious. You're not boring. You're refined. And who doesn't love a little refinement? <laughs> I don't even think I'm that refined. I'm just, <laughs> just this past year, I can't think of anything interesting that's happened. Um, You'd be surprised at what, at what America finds interesting on the internet. So. That's Don't count yourself true. out. You could have a whole future and you never even know it in front of the camera. You know what Teresa was interested in was whether or not pineapple <laughs> made your cum taste good or, and I guess girls make you taste good or down there is what she said, I think. I've heard that before. Yeah. She's like, well, you know, I've been drinking the pineapple juice. <laughs> and in a many a songs, you know, I've heard many allusions like the rapper Cupcake. You know, she's got this one lyric in a verse that she does for the song Lip Gloss by Charlie XCX. She literally goes, pussy tastes sweet because I ate my pineapple. So, you know, it's definitely been a trend. And then they say it for like men, too. So and then, you know, remember last week, Frank's like, oh, you know, you eat the asparagus. So. There's uh, apparently a very uh, deep-rooted relationship here between uh, the food you eat and the things you produce. Interesting. I knew that about pineapple, but I've never heard about it with anything else. Neither have I. But you know what? This is why we watch The Housewives, to learn. Exactly. So let's learn the real stuff. So I'm glad we're learning. I also learned that you're not supposed to, once you, <laughs> if you're at a pool party and you're drinking, mm-hmm. if you forget how many shots you've taken <laughs> and you stop counting after 10, it's too many. <laughs> time for you to take a break yeah i don't know it's like sometimes when people are drunk i find it funny like when luann fell in the bushes yes you know anything like that but when it comes to getting so drunk that you are like embarrassing yourself you're this was sad this was scary i didn't like this this was not (laughs) it didn't feel good it was, was i think People, the women there were definitely scared and nervous, but Bill seemed to be laughing it off. Right. And then we get the flashback to him also being carried away. So <laughs> that, I guess he's used to it. That was kind of funny because I, he really doesn't seem like someone that drinks a lot and he no. just went too far. But with her, I don't know. Is there a well, reason why I found it funny with him and not with her? Yeah, because I think one we never expected from him and Jen at that point was already cocktailing up. And I think yeah. maybe what happened and what I hope is what happened, like our good friend Ryan Bailey says, you know, when we all go out for the first time, we're all going to drink way too much. We're all going to be, you know, falling on the floor. So maybe that was her first time out at the time. She's like, all right, yeah, I'm just going to go for it. And she's so stressed with what's going on with her mom and her dad. And I, I can see it all in the pandemic. Aye, aye, aye. I, I think it kind of all got to her. It's a lot. It is a lot. Um, I wish her the best. I loved watching Frank and Joe chat at that party, though. They are the best. They are the so The men are funny. a light in this show. I was laughing so hard when um, Joe Benino showed up, and they said, oh, yes. it looks like Marge dressed him, and we had just seen earlier. And he's like, she, she did, guys. True story. She did. 
Yeah, I mean, I just love how like you know the men like are just so casual and fun, and they just they just bring like a new flavor to the program. So I really appreciate all their time together, all their scenes. I mean, going back to what you said before, you know that like underlying <laughs> sexual tension. We got that little you know light soft core homoerotica two weeks ago with you know Joseph straddling Francis trying to shove that worm in his mouth. I mean, you know, <laughs> you gotta love it. So then we see Michelle, the realtor, and her husband, and John, and yeah. John was it? Mm-hmm. And Brian Moylan said he looks like a narcotics agent trying to fit in at a Mumford and Sons concert. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I have never heard a more perfect description of someone. I mean, so specific. So specific. And I mean, what did you think of this? Did you think it was real drama? Did you think it was sort of fake for the show? They seem to patch things up way quicker than I would have if I had been accused of swindling someone's money. Well, anytime it's any situation involving Melissa, my ears are always up. And I'm at a point where I used to, you know, get mad about anything she was giving us. I knew there was, you know, always, you know, a, a very, a very steady wave of fraudulence involved in this but at this point i've accepted it i see she's not going anywhere so i'm like okay sure at this point i am i am taking whatever i'm being served off the gorgo plate so i'm like yeah so you know for me it's real i choose to believe this is real i'm just gonna enjoy it for what it is yeah that's fair that's fair any final thoughts on jersey Yes, I'm excited to see where we go from here. I'm excited to be a complete idiot online and support <laughs> Teresa to the bitter end. And I'm just going to live my days out as a tree hugger, scraping my face against a tree I'm hugging. <laughs> I'm still going to probably always love Jackie. I mean, I'll call her out when I don't like things that she does, like holding on to, to this. That's but fine. but I enjoy I enjoy her. I she is a housewife so she's you know everyone oh she's too normal she's too rational there's something unhinged in her because she's on this show you can't get cast without having a piece of you that's unhinged i wish you and jaquelin a very long fan and housewife relationship i wish you the best i really do i appreciate seeing also a jewish woman on new jersey that's you know not not Siggy flicker yeah (laughs) who i loved (laughs) I, oh, I just I love her. Bad I really representation don't. of my people. Um, well, I, I um, I'll apologize for that. I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> I just loved how, like, you know, she was like a doting mother. She was all about the kids, all over the kids. She very clearly loved her husband Mark, and like, you know, she like uh, compromised. Like, she showed, you know, all parts of that relationship, and that I love because I felt that was warm, that was genuine when she came on the first scene, fresh out of a doctor's office, plastic surgery, sipping lobster bisque <laughs> through a straw. Like, I, I loved her. So, Siggy the housewife, A plus. Siggy the person, I'm not touching that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I wanted to end with asking you a little bit about Shep because you Shepherd. are one of the people I know that is not attending one of his book launch events, but three of his book launch All events. All three. Tell me what led to this decision. So, I have issues. I'll start there. <laughs> a lot of issues. I'm currently working out in therapy. Everyone, if you can, please sign up to therapy. You'll hey, answer a lot of questions for yourself. I'm in therapy too. <laughs> yes. So everyone go to therapy. But however, how air. So anyone who follows me on Instagram, you all, all of you all the time, and I love it. You all go back and you like, will pull 
you'll pull from my archives. Oh my God, you met Miley. Oh my God, you met Charlie. Oh my God, you're at the Rihanna concert. Oh my God, you met Teresa. So everyone knows I love meeting celebrities, especially Bravo celebrities, because I feel they're way more attainable to get to, to meet, to talk to than maybe a real For celebrity. Sure. And, you know, since we've been in this uh, Panzanella for the last few months or years, days, whatever the time limits are, I don't know what time is anymore. I have not been able to go to a live event and meet a celebrity. Actually, the last live event I went to was March 11, 2020, and it was uh, straight up with ranch dressing. So that was actually the last live event I went to. Uh, you know, I Wait, was- is it the straight up with Stassi, but you don't want to call her? Okay. Sorry, Straight I was over like, ranch. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. taking me a few minutes. I yeah. went to her thing too, but it was in September 2019, I think. Yeah, because she she was going to come back to DC, I think the following month, but then COVID hit and she had to cancel the whole tour. Yeah. But yeah, so, I, so I've not been to an event since March 2020. And seeing now that people are even doing these virtual events, I'm just so thirsty for some type of celebrity based something, especially Bravo celebrity. I'm like, well, you know what? Here we are. Here's Shepard. Here's a book. We're going to do it. And I'd even watch last season of Southern Charm, but I've been watching all the other previous seasons. And, you know, just like how Melissa likes to say Teresa has a bad has a bad judge of character. She always picks the wrong guy, always on the wrong team. I can see how people tell me I'm picking the wrong team by picking Shepard. But you know what? This is my truth and I'm living in it. So, yes, I am going to all three nights of the book tour. Tonight is actually night two. So right after this call, I'll be meeting Shepard virtually on a meet and greet. His book just came in the mail. It actually just came to the door. He's got this nice little uh, signature here. That's uh, showing me the book. See. But okay. yeah. Hardcover. Uh, wow. Shepard wrote a book. And Shepard got money from me three separate times. But it is what it is. <laughs> the- this is my way of being uh, COVID friendly and still doing the things I want to do. I think that's great. You know what? No one should shame you for any of this stuff. I mean, I would do a mean, I didn't have, just don't pay enough attention to know when the yeah. meet and greet's happening, but I would have done maybe not for him, but for a housewife no. or something. So I find well. him really, he's actually someone I would want to meet and talk to yeah. specifically about politics. Cause he's so vocal on Twitter about his views. Yes. And I find it really interesting. Like he seems to have a code of conduct or views that he he espouses to, and it's not necessarily specific to party. And so he's kind of got this bullshit meter, and he'll call bullshit on things where he's like, that doesn't make sense. That's hypocritical. That's mm-hmm. not a good thing to do. And I appreciate that in, in anyone. You know? Me too. And um, well, I can tell you, if you do want to attend some future event, Margaret says she's going to be doing a couple of virtual events too. So I think that in the next month or so, you'll see a link pop up and you can maybe, you know, virtually meet and greet with Margaret. And Love I think that. that'll be really fun. She's yeah. lovely. I'll read this book and I'll let you know what uh, Mr. Rose has to say about okay. his average expectations. <laughs> Okay, Samaj, tell everyone where they can find you on social media, any upcoming projects. Mm, Upcoming projects. Great, great question. Glad you asked. So first question, you can find me on Instagram at Samaj with an H or on Twitter at SamajXCX. I will not spell that for you because Mandy, who's a gracious host, will put that in the description where you can read it or simply click and swipe up, as the kids say. Um, And upcoming projects. So like how you're hearing me on this podcast, Rumor has it, I'll be having my own podcast, question mark, soon. Spring, summer, September, like Sharia's Joggers. So, you know, (laughs) just look out. It may be coming sooner than you think, or maybe not at all. 
I think I I believe it's coming soon, and I believe spring. I I manifesting mm. that for you. I like that. Sounds like you have it on good authority. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Samaj, for joining, for explaining why you're a tree hugger, for standing by, Teresa, and just for sharing your views on everything. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me and my trashy views. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast for as long as you have, too. I love this podcast. It's great. (laughs) If you're not listening to this podcast, and I know you are because you're hearing me, listen to this podcast. Is this real life? Subscribe. Give it five stars. Leave that review. Um, Share it with your friends. (laughs) Leave her a tweet. It's great. We have fun here. We do. Have a great evening. Bye. also you the pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film powder donut okay what's my line uh the only line i see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from progressive oh man that's a tongue twister huh I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price Tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price Tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.